Good morning, everyone. So two kind of points I want to hit on today. First one a little, hopefully a little briefer, and the second one will be our main kind of point. So before we jump into that second point, the first thing I want to talk about today is really the main kind of context and point of today's gospel story. Um, we had our first reading, if you heard, it's from 1 Kings 19. Elijah goes to Mount Sinai, that's the same place where God revealed himself to Moses in the burning bush. And here, Elijah has a powerful experience where he encounters God. And the church gives us that reading today because it's meant to parallel our gospel reading. Now, I don't know if you guys ever hear this. I'm in the, I like to read a lot of scholarly things and stay up in the kind of that world of scripture scholarship. And so I don't know if you ever hear this, but it is out in society. But people love to say today that Jesus never really claimed to be God. If you hear, if someone says that to you, you smack them, tell them they're going to hell, and just leave. <laughs> just kidding. Don't do that. It's just not true, though, brothers and sisters. It is not true, it's not true, it's not true. Some scripture scholars will tell you that Jesus really only claims to be God in the Gospel of St. John. That is not true. It's a lie, and you have to learn your faith and know how to look for it. It's on every page. The top scripture scholar in the United States of America, a guy named Richard Hayes, wrote a huge book just to show how that's emphatically not true. Okay, here's why today in our Gospel. You've got to paint this scene. You've got to see it. And it's so important that you and I hear the gospel. We have to hear what's going on. We have to really place ourselves there. So Jesus has just fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. And he commands the apostles that day, he says, okay, get in the boat, get out of here, because I don't want your heads to get too big, because you were a part of this miracle. So he sends them off, and they go across the lake, and it's still daytime. And it says, in the evening, Jesus went up on the hill by himself to pray. And then he comes to them on the water in the fourth watch of the night. The fourth watch of the night goes from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. They were on that boat a long time. They're beat up. They're tired. It's very dark. And that's when Jesus comes walking to them on the water. And here's the key to understanding this first point today, brothers and sisters. So Jesus comes, or Matthew 14, Jesus comes on the water, and we have a terrible translation. Aren't you glad that I studied Greek? The people who are new are like, this is a really arrogant priest. It's, <laughs> it's true. I'm trying to work on it. So Jesus came to them walking on the sea kind of a big deal, right? <laughs> right there, it's pretty interesting. The disciples saw him walking on the sea. They were terrified, saying, it is a ghost. They cried out for fear, but immediately he spoke to them, saying, take heart or take courage. Thersete in the Greek. And our translation today said, uh, it is I. The Greek says, ego eimi which is what God said to Moses at the burning bush. 
I am who am. That's what Jesus says as he walks on the water. Jews don't say that because it's blasphemy. It's the divine name. When Jesus walks on the water and says, I am. All throughout the Old Testament, when it was written in Hebrew, when it's translated into Greek, when the name of God, Yahweh, is pronounced, is translated from Hebrew into Greek, it's always translated as ego eimi. And that's what Jesus says today in our gospel reading. You want to hear the second really bad translation? If you're a part of the New American Bible in your, your church, I, I'm sorry. Um, the second one, he gets on the boat, he walks in, he comes, and it says in our, our reading today that he climbed in the boat after Peter had walked on the water, and it says they did him homage. The Greek word there is proskuneo. In Matthew chapter 4, we have that same word twice. When Satan tempts Jesus, he says, if you will worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world. And Jesus responds and he quotes Deuteronomy and he says, you shall love the Lord your God alone and him alone shall you worship. That's what proskuneo means. So brothers and sisters, the first point today is that this gospel reading, Jesus is leading the apostles step by step See who he really is. And that's so important. You see, sometimes, some of you today here at Lourdes, I don't know where you're all at. And maybe some of you are like, I, I think Jesus might be God, but I'm not sure. You're just like the apostles, that's okay. They didn't know right away. When Jesus called them and they left everything behind, they didn't say, oh my gosh, it's the second person of the Trinity, and I bet you have a perfectly divine nature and a perfectly human nature, and they're united in what we call the Son of God in the hypostatic union. They didn't say that. And you're like, what the hell does that mean? Pardon my French. <laughs> the, <laughs> they didn't know that. They saw something beautiful, and they took a chance. And Jesus progressively reveals who he is. Step by step, he reveals who he is. So that's the first point today. Jesus really is God. He really claims that, and he claims it with full authority. The second point is this, and I want to talk today about faith. Today's gospel reading, also, brothers and sisters, when we look at Peter, today's story is a story of Faith is so important. Faith saves you. Not by itself, it has to include a good life, but faith saves you. And so important. Now, here's what we all want. Don't you all want everything in life to be certain? One of our favorite things as human beings is security. Lord, I want to be secure. I don't want any danger I want to know that I'm safe. I want my future to be secure. 
That's what we want. Natural, normal, human things. But brothers and sisters, faith doesn't operate that way. Faith, the catechism defines faith as a response. When you see something like the apostles saw, they see Jesus in his glory and they take a risk. They take a chance. And all through the gospels, they've been asking. In fact, in Matthew chapter 8, a very similar scene happens to our gospel today. And Jesus quiets the storm and the apostles say, who is this man who even commands the wind and the sea? And you and I have to ask that question. Now, we all want to hedge our bets, right? Men are the best at this. I was, I was thinking back to the time when I used to be available and when I was dating, right? And no one ever believes that actually happened. It did. I have, some of you, I haven't said this in a while. Some of you don't know this. My old girlfriends are so weirded out. They're like, I, I dated a guy, he's a priest, what does that say about me? It's really weird. Um, but anyway, when you're dating, you're a guy, your temptation is to hedge your bets. You want to ask a girl out? What we all do, guys, you know it as well as I do. You, before you ask out your girlfriend or you propose to your wife, you hedge your bets and you made sure she liked you before you put yourself out there, right? Because we're all still in junior high. I remember when you were in junior high, when, I don't know if it was this way when you were there, when you are like, or maybe early high school, before I asked a girl out, I wanted to know if she liked me, so I'd push her against the locker, right? Great tactic. <laughs> so I'm a priest. Um, but, if, but if the girl kind of like fought back a little bit, it's like, oh, she's interested, right? <laughs> and then you can ask her out. We want to hedge our bets. We want to know ahead of time. We want to know it's going to work. And here's my point. Brothers and sisters, God doesn't want you to know everything and to just make good decisions. He wants you to love him and take a chance, which is what the women want too. It's so cool when a guy has the courage and he meets a girl and he says, gosh, I don't know if she'll say yes, but I'm just going to take a chance and ask her out. Something really beautiful and masculine about that. God wants you to take a risk, brothers and sisters. Peter today, he takes a chance. You can see the other apostles. There's probably like an accountant apostle in the boat. Um, Matthew, actually, the tax collector. There is. Matthew's in the boat, and he's like, I don't know. This doesn't add up. Like, that's water. There's a storm. Imprudent. Your IRA is going to fail. Peter takes a chance. He sees something beautiful and he risks something. Brothers and sisters, you'll never see Jesus as he is if you don't take risks. If you don't leave something behind, you don't have faith. Faith is not an intellectual, I believe this is true, checkbox. Faith is someone who surrenders themselves because they think he's trustworthy. And God has made it that that's the only way you'll see. You want to be a better Christian? Do you want to be closer to God? I promise you that cannot happen unless you take a chance. 
You've got to leave behind that sin. Right? For some of you, it means I actually really have to stop watching television. For some of you, it's I have to forgive this person that I don't want to forgive. For some of you, it's coming to Sunday Mass every Sunday, which God commands us to do. There's a thousand different ways. But brothers and sisters, if your faith doesn't cost you something, it's not faith. It's not real. Here's what St. Jose Maria Escriva says. If you don't know about St. Jose Maria Escriva, you should. He has these little books. This is actually three books in one. And I love reading him because it's like, he's like a loving father who just kicks you in the behind. And there's, he has all these little quotes in here. And, he, and it's like, you know he loves you, but he says, I'm, like, he has a quote where he says, uh, you say that your faith is too hard. And he says, he responds, and he says, well, that's because you don't love. And you're like, I just, I'm a terrible person. But here's what he says. He says, I read a proverb, which is very popular in some countries. God owns the world but he rents it out to the brave. And it made me think, what are you waiting for? God owns the world, but he rents it out to the brave. And it made me think, what are you waiting for? What are you living for, brothers and sisters? Faith means a surrender. Peter got out of the boat. You got to get out of the boat. You have to risk something. You have to take a chance. Lord, if you're really God, think about it. If he really is who he says he is, if he holds eternal life in his hands, eternal life, if he really died for you and rose from the dead, isn't it worth taking a chance? And we only have so many days. I don't know how long I'll live. But in that time, I want to take a chance. I'm always struck at funerals. You know, it's, it's good every once in a while to think about what will people think about you when you die? And a lot of funerals, you'll have eulogies. People get up and they tell you about a person's personal preferences. As if that's what makes a human being. You know, someone stands up and they say, oh my gosh, their favorite food was gnocchi, which is a great choice. You know, it really is. But if that's who you are, brothers and sisters, God didn't make you as a, you're not a stomach. You have a heart and a soul and a mind. What are you living for? What are you risking? Can you take a chance on Jesus. So simply today, Lord, we ask you for the gift of faith. Lord, we know if we sink, if we crawl out of the boat and get on the waters, we know if we sink that you're there to save us. You're there to reach out and grab us. But Lord, I don't want to just be comfortable. I do. 
and I want to be secure, but Jesus, I love you enough that I want to risk something. I want to risk my finances because I am a poor man and you loved me and I know I'm supposed to love the poor. And Jesus, you, for the love of the Father, you were hated and despised. And Lord, I want to risk losing family and friends because I love you. Jesus, I want to lose myself. I want to have a life that's an adventure, a life that has faith and hope and love. Jesus, give us that courage. Help us to get out of the boat today. Lord, help us to have real faith.